Well, very clearly, none of the members of the task force condone uh, any destruction uh, at all. But I haven't stopped being an advocate. To the point of, of the commissioner, if you continue to treat people like animals, then eventually they will behave that way. If you continue to treat people less than human, then expect the reaction or response that you're going to get. Mary Leck Jones is, has some big decisions to make and she can make them. She's going she's gonna to have to select a new public safety director. Uh, and that public safety director, I think, uh, should give Commissioner Glass two options, resign or be fired. <laughs> I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. On the night of Easter Sunday, inmates at the City Justice Center downtown again seized control of some areas of the jail. They broke windows. They set fires. They shouted, we want court dates. Here's what St. Louis Mayor Lida Cruson said about the havoc. The good news to report here is that no staff were hurt, no police officers were hurt, no sheriffs were hurt as they tried to detain uh, and get control of the situation. Uh, the only uh, detainees that were hurt were two or three people who cut themselves as they broke the glass out and they they're not serious cuts um i should say they're not they didn't have to be hospitalized so we treated them there at cjc i don't want to say they weren't serious but they were cut so only a few people were cut as they um, broke the glass out and that is St. Louis Mayor Lida Cruson. Now, Sunday's riot was the fifth disturbance at the downtown jail since December. The longest-lasting protest came in February. Detainees held the fourth floor at the Justice Center for nearly seven hours. Now, after that incident, the city convened a task force to look into conditions at the jail. That task force recommended a host of items. And joining us today to talk about where that stands and what happened this past weekend is the Reverend Daryl Gray. He is the chair of the St. Louis Corrections Task for. So, Reverend Gray, welcome. Uh, thank you very much and good afternoon. So, were you surprised to see what happened at the City Justice Center on Sunday night? Unfortunately, no. Uh, we've been, the members of the task force have been monitoring uh, the uh, implementation of our recommendations since March 12th, and unfortunately, we haven't seen any significant uh, implementation, particularly uh, the urgent recommendations that were designated. And so when you continue to put detainees in cells that you know can be manipulated, when you have not uh, moved uh, through the justice uh, system uh, a lot quicker uh, since, the, since the February 6th riots, when you still haven't given detainees uh, the proper visitation with their families and uh, time out of uh, out of their cells. They're still sitting in their cells over 23 hours. Mm. I mean, these were the things that we that we identified as being uh, the the problem, uh, the initiator of the problem in February 6 and before. Uh, and so the, the you know we hear from management that you know we're following through with some of these things. Uh, but obviously, it's not moving uh, quick enough, and, and the public really does not know. 
uh, what they're doing. The task force members certainly don't know. Hmm. So you mentioned the locks here, and I know this is just one piece of, of so many issues going on right now, but this seems like possibly the most urgent if people are able to, to spring out of their cells. Right. The city's corrections commissioner had said they are working to do this urgent action item. They're replacing the locks on the fourth floor. Now, this was a different floor. Was your task right. force aware that the lock problem went beyond that one floor that was a problem in February? Absolutely not. And and, and that was one of the other things that we found disheartening, that we, we, we made it very clear in our report that we did not receive the kind of access that we were hoping for, particularly from uh, the detainees, from the guards, uh, and, and the building itself. We were not told uh, that the lock problem extended uh, beyond the fourth floor. If mm-hmm. we had been told that, we would have made a recommendation uh, that those particular detainees be moved. It is unacceptable and irresponsible to continue to put detainees in cells that you know can be manipulated. It, it puts uh, them at risk. It puts uh, correctional officers at risk. And, you know, I've made it very clear that uh, the, the management, the senior management uh, in the correctional center right now, I don't think has, uh, has, been, has been derelict uh, in his duties to move forward with any uh, urgency as it relates to what's happening there right now. So you talk about senior management. That is St. Louis Corrections Commissioner Dale Glass. Yes, ma'am. That's who you're referring to. Okay, so he answered some questions at a press conference Monday. I want to play you something he said there to get your reaction to this. One of the things that concerns me in these kinds of situations is when the first events happened, uh, we, the public, appeared to be um, condoning or justifying or uh, lending cause for their behavior. And I'm not judgmental about that issue. Uh, but I would say it has a tendency to embolden. I'm not saying that was anybody's intent, but it, if, if uh, the detainees or inmates see that this is the reaction, we have this support in this, what we did, it is not uh, hard to imagine that it might occur again. And that, again, is St. Louis Corrections Commissioner Dale Glass. Uh, Reverend Gray, is he right to say that activists and media attention to these protests has perhaps emboldened uh, the people at the City Justice Center? Well, very clearly, none of the members of the task force condone uh, any destruction uh, at all. We don't condone it. We've made that very clear. Uh, But we do believe that there are some legitimate concerns that if they had been addressed, prior to December 29th, uh, that it could have mitigated uh, what took place. We're very clear, and and I think that we've said it. I mean, I'm an advocate. Mm -hmm. I'm an advocate for criminal justice reform. Everyone knows that. I asked to be on the task force. I am thankful that uh, Mayor Cruson saw fit to put me on the task force, but I haven't stopped being an advocate. But to the point of, of the commissioner, if you continue to treat people like animals, then eventually they will behave that way. If you continue to treat people less than human, then expect the reaction or response that you're going to get. They knew five years ago that those locks were broken. <laughs> it, the COVID, COVID is not the only reason uh, that there's been a log jam in the courts. And we don't see... Uh, you know, any any movement 
to try to get hundreds of people out of a building that, that obviously is overpopulated. And so when we talk about a, a civilian, an independent a civilian oversight committee, we're saying that we need an entity that on a regular basis is going to monitor what is happening within that facility, that is going to review uh, uh, cases, incidents that take place uh, within that building so that detainees know that someone is looking out uh, to make sure that their constitutional rights are not violated or that they are living in humane conditions. These are still detainees who have not been to court, who are still innocent until proven guilty. And then, the, and then ho hopefully uh, we can move forward with creating this, this independent uh, oversight committee. I know that Alderman Jovacaro, who, who chairs the Public Safety Committee, uh, is in agreement uh, to that. And so that's positive. What he has done so far is to make the task force a subcommittee of the Public Safety Committee. I know that there's other action to move this uh, oversight committee forward. I'm familiar with the legal action that, that has taken place. I was asked to be uh, one of the complainants. The only reason I said no is because we're already in the process to see how quickly we can move this through the Public Safety Committee and through the Board of Aldermen. And when you talk about that litigation, that's coming from attorney Alad Gross. Um, there's some other people hoping to, to bring some action through the court system on this. You're still interested in trying to work in this process that's begun. Is the fact that this hasn't become a, a permanent corrections oversight board like you're looking for, is this just something where Mayor Krusen is, is waiting to see what her successor will do? Is that your sense of why the Board of Aldermen has had to take the lead at this point? Well, I, I think that the Board of Aldermen took the lead at, th at this point because Alderman Vaccaro and Alderman Board were part of the task force. Oh, okay. I think that they heard uh, for over a month the concerns that were raised. I think that they heard the, the problems or the lack of communication between correction, the correctional staff, management, and police and sheriff. I think that we saw the, the disconnect uh, and the, and the, and the, the dysfunction of, of the, the correctional center to the point where, to their credit, and particularly to Alderman Vaccaro's credit, he said, okay, let's see what we can do right now. Mm. Now, we're hoping that that subcommittee can meet with, within the next couple of days and at least put together a framework for that oversight committee. Uh, I, I know that with, uh, with, with Mary Leck uh, uh, Jones, I know that she has uh, indicated her support of an independent uh, oversight committee. I think that that's a positive thing. Uh, I, I mean, I understand Mayor Krusen saying we, 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 should, we might wait till the next mayor comes, but I look Mayor Krusen in the face. She assured me that she would continue to be mayor until she leaves office. Uh, and so I'm expecting the mayor's office, I'm expecting the, the board of all the people to move quickly on this because you've said it yourself, that third floor, 60, 60 detainees, what if what if they had escaped? It's it's the third floor, mm -hmm. so we, it, it's only a miracle that February the sixth and last Sunday, no one was hurt seriously, or no one was killed. That potential was there in both cases. As again, it is unacceptable and is irresponsible, and we just believe that that an entity like an independent. Uh, uh, oversight committee could help to move this along. And we believe that was why it was part of the 13 urgent recommendations, because we found that 
that that what happened Sunday could happen again, uh, and it did. And so uh, people need to move with some haste. People need to move at a more deliberate speed because people's lives are literally at risk. Now, in our final minute here, Reverend Gray, um, you said that you believe St. Louis Corrections Commissioner Dale Glass has been derelict in his duty. Do you believe he needs to leave that position and we need someone new in charge of corrections? I I made it clear the other day after Sunday that uh, the the new mayor and now uh, uh, Mary-elect Jones is has some big decisions to make and she can make them. She's gonna have to select a new public safety director uh, and that public safety director, I think, uh, should give Commissioner Glass two options, resign or be fired. Well, that's uh, not to put too fine a point on it. So you'd like to see some action on that. I know you'd, you'd like to continue this oversight. Um, what's the number one thing that the, the incoming mayor needs to do here as far as just the safety of these uh, detainees going forward? Well, I mean, she's got, she, she definitely is going to have to have a, a big decision to make because I know that she, like I do, supports the closing of the workhouse. The problem right now is you have two floors that cannot be used because the detainees have destroyed these two floors in addition to primarily because of the faulty locks. You and, have nowhere uh, else to right. And unfortunately, we are them. out of time today, but okay. that is some important decisions that need to be made here. Reverend Daryl exactly. Gray, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. The Reverend the Gray is the chair of the St. Louis Corrections Task Force. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.